Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Crimepedia and want to help support the show? You can do so by buying us a coffee through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Crimepedia. I am your host. My name is Morgan. I hope you are having a wonderful day. And with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host. It is the lovely Cherry. Hello, Cherry. Hello. How are you? I am good. It's raining. <laughs> I'm happy. Well, it's better than melting. You know, oh, yeah. it's Actually, very hot here. It's still. hot. Yeah, it's yeah. been very hot, and it's still really warm. It's still really, really warm. even though it's raining. It's still very warm at the moment. Good weather for sea swimming. Sea? Oh, I bet. Mm. Although I don't know, I don't like I don't like sea swimming. No, you don't. No. No, I got a thing about the little. There's stuff that swims in the sea that I think will get into your pants. <laughs> not, not my kind of thing. No. So up into my knees, absolutely fine. Any further than that, not happening unless we're in Greece. No. It's crystal clear water, no. and I can see what's down there. Oh yes. Then I'll sea swim. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's pretty valid. (laughs) (laughs) So what do we have going on this week? Anything, any news to pass along? I don't think we do have any news, actually. Oh, I want to say thank you to all the people that have have left us um, reviews. Um, If you do, if you are inclined to leave reviews, thank you so much. And um, you can do it and it does help push our podcast up the charts. And also thank you to the people that I've read that have been um, recommending us when you get the whole Twitter and the Instagram or Facebook recommend me a podcast and we've had quite a few that have recommended us and it's really kind of you so thank you very much for your recommendations we do really appreciate it it's nice to get new listeners and it's really nice to um to be recommended it's it's lovely so thank you very much yep and i think we we mentioned this a few weeks ago we're spotlighting some of our favorite podcasts and our podcast friends before each episode and so this week 
we have uh, we have our good friend Sarah Ferris from yes. Conning the Con. Sarah has got like three three different podcasts. She's got a new one that's called Clueless, um, which yes. is absolutely fascinating. And Con in the Con is a um, a story of something that happened to her sister. Um, so definitely check out her podcast. It's absolutely brilliant. Not only is she brilliant at what she does, she's a really nice lady as well. And I think you'll enjoy her podcast. Yep. And we're also about, what, seven weeks away from CrimeCon Glasgow, correct? Yes, you'll be we there. Are. Yeah, we'll be at CrimeCon Glasgow. It's partnered with CBS Reality, and it's a full day of immersive crime, true crime stuff focusing on some Scottish cases. There's going to be podcasters there. There'll be authors there. There'll be speakers there. Um, it's a lot more intimate in the fact that it's a bit different to the, um, to the London one that when you um, – there's certain times Podcast Row is on, and that's all that's on. So you go to Podcast Row and then everybody can then go and watch the speakers. So you'll get the podcasters sat in with you watching watching the speakers talk. The speakers will be walking around Podcast Row afterwards and things like that. So it looks like it's going to be a really good lineup. It looks like it's going to be a really good day. So it's at um, the Glasgow Hilton and it's on the 10th of September. So tickets are still available. And if you are thinking of going, there's some bargain, there's some bargain ways to, to pay for it. So just check on their website, crimecon.co.uk. Click on the book now. You can also get discounted tickets if you want to stay over for the night as well. And then to get yourself a discount off of your show ticket, you can just put Crimepedia into the um I think it's in the end when you go and pay for it, and that'll give you a discount off of your tickets as well. So all good excellent well with that how about we jump into this week's episode okay andrea knabel volunteered countless hours searching and advocating for missing persons but in august 2019 after an argument with family members andrea would go missing and has never been seen or heard from again was Andrea a victim in an escalating domestic dispute? Did she simply just walk away? Or did a high-risk lifestyle finally catch up with her? This is Crimepedia, and this is Where is Andrea Knable? All right, Cherry. Andrea Michelle Knable was a 37-year-old mother of two from Louisville, Kentucky. She was the oldest daughter of Cher Cheryl and Mike Knable. From an early age, Andrea felt like the black sheep of the family, believing that her parents favored her youngest sister, Sarah, over her. Oh, no. Andrea was a graduate of the University of Louisville and had worked as an analyst at Humana. She was also an active member of Missing in America, a group of volunteers based in Louisville dedicated to the investigation uh, and the solving of missing person cases. Now, Andrea would be inter introduced to this group when one of her own friends went missing in Lexington, Kentucky on September 1st, 2017. During the search for her friend, she would meet Nancy Schaefer, the founder of Missing in America who offered the group's assistance in searching for Andrea's friend. Now, during the search, Andrea and Nancy would become really good friends, and Andrea would soon begin volunteering for Missing in America. However, shortly after the disappearance of her friend, 
Andrea's life seemingly started to spiral. Around December 2017, Andrea began dating a man named Brian Downey. He's a 34-year-old man with a checkered past. Brian had been arrested multiple times for offenses, arranging from car theft to walking around Walmart naked and high on methamphetamine. I was just about to say, I bet he was high. Yeah. Yes, he was. Bit of a bad boy. Now, despite her family's concerns, Andrea would move in with Brian in March of 2018, and the two would become become engaged later that spring. Now, two actually never did get married because on July 6, 2018, Brian was pulled over by Louisville police who found enough meth in his car to charge him with drug trafficking. Now, Andrea would move in with Nancy after this in September 2018, but things would only continue to get worse for her. In December, Andrea found herself in a significant credit card debt and was forced to file for bankruptcy. She was also in the midst of a custody battle for one of her two children. Now, shortly after this, Andrea was fired from her job at Humana. Oh, she's really having to, a tough time, isn't she? She is really, really, tough time. really having a tough time. Yeah. Now, she was fired due to poor, uh, poor performance reviews, mm. as well as c- consistently arriving late to work. One of her coworkers said around this time that she would often sleep in past noon and oh. come into work in the afternoons. Now, by the spring of 2019, Andrea was living on food stamps and could no longer afford the apartment that she shared with Nancy. Effectively homeless, Andrea moved into her mother Cheryl's house in suburban Audubon Park. In July 2019, Andrea's sister, Sarah, and her fiancé, Ethan Bates, would also move into Cheryl's home. Now, some pipes had burst upstairs in the in the upstairs bathroom, and Cheryl had hired Ethan to fix the pipes and complete a renovation on the bathroom. But with the new living situation, there were frequently disagreements between Andrea, Sarah, and Ethan. These disagreements were usually about problems problems in Andrea's life and the choices that she had been making. Mm-hmm. So it's it seems to be a woman who, you know, had things going for her. Mm-hmm. And then they just all seemed one by one the dominoes. Everything went wrong. Things. Yeah. Everything. That's everything a pretty you'd find yourself in a pretty desperate position when everything is going wrong in your life. And and especially with a, a custody battle, because that on its own could be, you know, enough to tip somebody over the edge when you're fighting for custody of your children. I mean, that's mm-hmm. horrific as as any parent, you know, a dad or a mum, that's that's really horrific. And then with all that other stuff going on, it's just yeah, that's hard, hard. And and then you find yourself living with your mother. Yeah. Like like I said, she felt like she was the black sheep of the family. And yeah. Then you the live golden with child. That's right. Moves yeah, home now too. You're living to, yeah, it moves home too. Yeah. And so, and I understand, like, as a, you know, if I had a family member who seemingly was spiraling out of control and mm. I wanted to help, yeah, I mean, I would, I mean, I probably would, I don't know. You kind of have to give people some tough love sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And say, you know what, you need to get yourself, you know, yourself under control and you need to Especially work when out there's drugs involved, you know, not even if she's not taking the drugs, but even if she's with somebody who's taking drugs, that on its that in itself can be a very difficult a difficult thing to deal with, you know. So, you know, that's 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 really hard. And it must be hard as a parent to look at your kid and go, Do you know what? No, you've had enough chances, that's it now. 
that must be heartbreaking because mm. I bet every single parent doesn't doesn't want to do it, but they're trying to do it for the best of the kid. Well, that, you know, I know they're adults, but the best of their child. Absolutely, no, absolutely. Now, at around eight p.m. on August twelfth, twenty nineteen, Andrea would get into an argument with her mother Cheryl about her life choices. Now, this would quickly escalate into a scuffle with Sarah and Ethan. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, and from what I understand, what I've I've seen, it did get violent between the, the three of them. Right. So there. That's so. Awful. I don't know if it was just pushing or there mm. was punches thrown, but it, there, it did. There was more to it than just yelling at each other. That's not good. Now, after things in the house settled down, Ethan would take Andrea to a near, nearby hospital at around. 9.50 p.m. Now, it's said that at the time, Andrea was was needing treatment for injuries from a face infection. Okay. Now, I have my own thoughts on this. Um, they, they, there were two thoughts that, you know, maybe it could have been uh, eczema or it could have been, you know, uh, it could have been stress-induced. I think that these facial injuries was due to meth use. That's awful, isn't it? That happens quite a bit with meth use, doesn't it? They do start picking it their does. skin and stuff. So yeah. that's awful. Yeah, it's like my understanding is they feel like there's something in their skin, like yeah. bugs crawling on yeah, them itchy. or that's yeah. in their skin. And yeah, and they just they, keep, they can't help but to scratch. That must be horrible. Yeah. Now, after being checked out at the hospital, Andrea would then take a lift back to her mother's house. Mm-hmm. The lift, uh, for, that's the same as Uber. So yeah. she took an Uber back, back to her, her mother's house, arriving at 11.34 p.m. Now, Andrea did not have a key to the house and could not get inside. According to Andrea's father, Mike, it would have been very likely that both Sarah and Ethan were home and awake at the time Andrea did arrive back. So there is a possibility that they had heard Andrea at the door, but were refused Just to Just ignored her, her. yeah. Exactly, yeah. Now, with no way of getting inside, Andrea would walk uh, approximately a mile south to her to her sister Aaron's apartment, arriving at approximately twelve fifteen a.m. Okay. Oh God. Now, sadly, unwelcome, wanna... wouldn't it? Straight away. Oh no! Very, It'd very. Be unwelcome at that time of night, just turning up. Yeah, but at the time um, when she did arrive, Andrea, who was clearly in distress, would tell Aaron about the fight that she had early in the evening. Hmm. Andrea would tell Aaron that she was upset because her mother, Cheryl, uh, Sarah and Ethan were disappointed in her life choices and felt like she was being ganged up on. Yeah. Which you would feel like that, wouldn't you? No, absolutely. Now, Aaron would invite Andrea inside to watch television in an attempt to calm her down. Calm her, yeah. While, so while Andrea was in the house, Andrea, uh, Aaron called Cheryl, urging her to tell Sarah and Ethan to let her back into the house. Now, at the time, Cheryl wasn't staying at the house while these renovations were going on. She was actually staying elsewhere. So in, so at the house was just uh, Sarah and Ethan. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. At 1.03 a.m., Aaron dropped Andrea off at their mother's house. But seven minutes later... Aaron received a text message from Andrea stating that they would not let her in. And at 1.38 a.m., Andrea was back at Aaron's apartment where she begged to be allowed to stay the night. Oh, that's horrible. What a horrible situation. It, it, it's absolutely horrible. Yeah, it because horrible. 
the the place that you call home, even though you probably don't want to be living at your mother's house, you can't get in. You no, have your sister right. and her yeah. fiance who are not letting you in. You have another sister who, you know, basically said, hey, let's go back and, and take Drop you, you back. off. Yeah. 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 And it just only gets worse because, you know, now she's back at her sister Aaron's house begging to be allowed to stay the night. Yeah. But her sister refused. Yeah. Saying that she's too volatile and she was on edge and she would be too much of a liability to allow to stay at her house. So Andrea would once again walk back to her mother's house, arriving back there at one fifty four a.m. Okay, we know this because of phone records. Right. And we also know that she was still there at twelve. At I'm sorry, at two twelve a.m. Right. Because she attempted to FaceTime a friend, but that call was not answered. It's hard, isn't it? Because when you've got somebody in your life that you love, but they are on this downward spiral and they're not actually admitting the fact that they are on a downward spiral or the fact that they can't uh, see it themselves, it's very difficult yeah. when you think you've done everything you can to try and help them. It's very mm-hmm. difficult if that person continues to keep making the same mistakes or keep doing not getting themselves cleaned up. It must be really hard to turn your own sister away and say, look, no, you know, you can't stay. You, she must have been feeling absolutely awful doing that. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. But if absolutely. you've got your own family or you've got, you know, if you've got family and stuff and you can't have somebody around behaving like that, especially if you've got like kids and stuff. No, and Aaron did. Aaron had had her own children. So that, that were yeah, yeah. This whole time. You can't have, you have somebody turning up behaving like that. You know? No, you can't. And being involved with drugs and stuff in front of your kids. It's mm-hmm. just not on. And that must be very... It must have torn her to do that because it's her sister that she loves. But at the same time, she's got her kids at home and you can't have that around kids. It's just not, it's not, it's no good. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. Now, according to, to her phone records, Mm -hmm. Andrea's phone was still active in the area of her mother's house as of 3.53 AM, but would be powered off shortly thereafter. The phone would be powered back on at around 6.31 a.m., but no geolocation was recorded oh. that would indicate where the phone was at that time. Why would that so be? So really... Like, why would that be? I, so would it mean that it was turned on? But they've Because obviously they've got the s- signal that it's turned on, so they know it's been turned mm-hmm. on. So would that mean that it hasn't pinged off of a tower somewhere? Or does that mean that... How, how do they know that it was turned on? Or how do they know that it was... If there's no location? all from... No, so so basically, they they know that this is what's weird because this is coming from a private investigator, and so I don't oh. believe that these are the actual, oh, the I actual see. like records from from police or whatever. The, or police, that's right. Yeah, okay, that's right, right, okay. And so they're going off, and so like for example, they were able to they knew about the the. The FaceTime because the friend said, "Hey, look, here's the yeah. FaceTime." I've, yeah, yeah, can see that at two twelve a.m. Yeah, and so everything else was based off of base um, was being recorded by um, Google. Oh, so from like the Google records, right? Okay, yeah. And so the Google records, you know, even with Google, it will track like, okay, the, you know, the phone's on, and this yeah. is where you're located. Yeah. So Google recorded that the phone had been turned on at six thirty one, but there was there was. No location that was no attached to, to that. Right. I don't even call it a ping. Right. Because it's not right. even a ping. No. And I just want to say, this is what's weird about this. So as I'm going through this, I have found no 
no information that indicates that either um, her that either her phone records, her actual phone records, were ever subpoenaed from the cell phone company. Oh, okay. So they might not have been at all. Yeah. So, Weird. so when we when we get into trying to figure out what happened to her, yeah, I we don't know exactly. We know the only. We know some people that she had called some people and we know she called some people because those people came forward like, oh, yeah, she tried calling me at whatever time. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they're going through the records and saying, oh, well, here at, you know, 2.15 a.m. she's calling this person. At 3 a.m. she's calling this person because we're we're looking at the actual records. Yeah, okay. Now, after this last, you know, phone, uh, 631 record, Mm -hmm. there's been no sign of Andrea anywhere. So this was the last sign of Andrea being in the being in the alive, area being yeah. wherever alive yeah exactly okay now at 10 30 a.m the following day so this is august 13th cheryl would send a group text asking asking if anyone had heard from andrea which everyone of course would say no they hadn't heard from andrea oh. uh, friends were called no one had heard from her uh four days later andrea's sisters aaron would would finally file a missing persons report now, Louisville Metro Police would conduct dog searches, but according to private investigator Tracy Leonard, their interest in the case would start to wane once they learned about Andrea's involvement in drugs. drugs. Yeah, of course. That's a bit like Karen Bodine's, Bodine's case. In um, yes. It's exactly the same as that. As soon as they, you know, when it they is. found her body, as soon as they found out she was a, had issues with um, drugs and stuff, the media didn't really, didn't really put very much out there to try and help solve her murder. And I think this is why I decided to do this case because there's a lot of these cases where, mm. yes, there's there's people that get involved in drugs. There are people that get involved in in uh, high risk lifestyles, mm-hmm. right? But that you go keep, missing, that it, go dead, but they're still people. I was just about to say that the you, key there is the key word there that you've just said is that they're people. People, yeah, you know, they're humans. Yes. They do have their flaws and they have their issues. But if that was one of your family members. Wouldn't you want to have someone fight in their corner for them? You know, I I don't understand. No, exactly. Right. Mm. Now, there were numerous rumors about Andrea and drugs. Mm. Now, Nancy Schaefer, her friend who she met through Missing in America, uh, believes that while they're roommates, Andrea began using meth instead of her Adderall prescription. So that's when she thinks she she began using meth. Now, there are also rumors that after Brian Downey, her previous boyfriend or fiance, was arrested, Andrea actually had taken over his drug operations and had begun working directly with his suppliers and his buyers. To keep it going. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Now, her, her family does believe that Andrea was involved in at least some illegal activities. This is because after her disappearance, they did find um, a a printer that had a counterfeit $100 bill <gasps> inside oh, of it. Okay. Which was being, which they found inside of a storage unit that was been rented out by Andrea. Wow. So it sounds like she's. Yeah. She's in deep in stuff. She's desperate. She's yeah. desperate. At, you know, if, if you're at to the point where you're trying to, to counterfeit money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're, you're deep into something and you're very desperate. Yeah, Definitely. Now, most of the early searches, investigations, um, were led actually by Missing in America. 
where they went door to door along the route. Andrea would have walked, hoping to find a witness or camera footage of the night she went missing. However, within two months of Andrea's disappearance, relationships within Missing America group began to fray and the group would disband. Oh, it's a shame. It is. Now, since then, the investigations into Andrea's disappearance have been handled by The Locators, which is a company owned by private investigator, private investigator Tracy Leonard, and which employs 17 full-time investigators. Now, unfortunately, in December 2020, a fire did break out in the building which housed The Locators' offices, and it destroyed many of their files related to Andrea's disappearance. Oh, no. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's just unlucky. There's mm. just so much unlucky things that have happened yeah. with, with this case and the investigation. Now, there are a few thoughts as to what may have happened to Andrea. Since she was having significant issues with her family, there is one thought that maybe Andrea had had walked away from her life and fled into an unknown location in Indiana or Ohio. Now, there's also a possibility that Andrea, when she returned to Cheryl's home on Chickadee, she phoned a friend for a ride and that friend killed her. Mm. There's thought that Andrea could have been co- coerced into a vehicle after leaving Aaron's mm. house and kidnapped. Mm. Possibility that Andrea walked off and then committed suicide. Even though every family member, they wholeheartedly reject this theory. Okay. I don't think you can now, reject it 100%. Because, no, I mean, can't. she's in a really bad place. No one's letting she her in. She really can't bad. get hold of people. She's feeling really mm-hmm. alone and desperate. It's late at night. She's got nowhere to go. She's losing her kids. She's taken over a drug business. God knows what's happening with that. I mean, I don't think you can rule out suicide because people, you, when you're in a desperate situation, you don't know how you'll act. So I don't think you could no, rule exactly. that out 100%. Exactly. Now, there are some that believe a very bizarre theory not that she was abducted by aliens or something <laughs> not that she was abducted okay. by aliens but that andrea and her friend nancy are in secret cahoots and they're trying to leverage this case the searcher th- that became the search oh for. i see they're doing it for the benefit of missing america which doesn't make sense because after missing america this isn't disbanded you know, so yeah disbanded like you know two months after then yeah how is it gonna benefit them yeah it's, yeah. it's done it's over with yeah now, there are many people that believe that that Ethan Bates is an undeniable person of interest in this case, right? So this is the fiance. Yeah, because he got into Sarah's... a yeah, altercation with her. Now, the, the, this is what's really hard about this case. There are so many rumors Yeah, that that it's hard to figure out what's rumor, what's just a rumor, and what's actually the truth. I mean, has this guy got because, a good background, this Ethan? I mean, is he a previous previous bad character? Is he drugs or or is he just uh, a good guy that's sticking up for his sister and his mother-in-law? His, his girlfriend, sorry, and okay. his mother-in-law. He has one drug charge on his record, and that's cocaine possession. And that was back in 20, 2009. 
Oh, okay. So this is not like he's an active drug dealer or he's not involved in drugs like that. So maybe he just takes recreational drugs now and then. But that doesn't mean to say he's a murderer. I mean, it's pretty well, extreme. Here's the thing. Now, Tracy Leonard, the private investigator that's 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 been looking at this case. Mm. Now, he has accused Ethan of being linked to a vast Kentucky meth network as well. Right. Okay. But once again... I'd want to see the proof of that first, though. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's all well and good saying he's linked to it. But, I mean, is this that he just bought some meth from somebody? Or is this that, mm-hmm. you know, he is actually well in there and, you know within the I, I don't I, I don't know I don't think you can count on that kind of thing yep. it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit of a far-fetched theory to be falling out with your sister-in-law and then to kill her you know and and your girlfriend exactly. not know anything about it the mother I mean she's not gonna she's not gonna stand for that you murdering her sister so yeah, exactly. I, I'm not too sure yeah. about that I think there needs a lot more investigation into that I think yeah now there's some I mean there's some stuff that that people have said and come out with which kind of if you look at it on the surface, like, okay, that's kind of suspicious and uh-huh. maybe there's some involvement. But I think if you look deeper into it or you think about it a little bit more, just, it's just suspicion. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So according to one neighbor around the time of Andrea's disappearance, there was construction going on in the house in the middle oh, of the night. So she's under the cement again. Exactly. Yeah. Now they also believe that, that they had heard construction noises coming from the house the night that Andrea went missing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, first off, we know that, Ethan was in the home mm. to to do re, to do renovations. Yeah, of right? course. Yeah. So Ethan owns a construction company. Yeah. And Cheryl had hired him to come and and work on some things. So is it possible that the neighbor heard construction going on? Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. Is it possible that they had been working on something in uh, at night? Yeah. Yeah. It's possible because he lives there. Is it is it possible that? that you heard you know you heard banging stuff because the three of them had been fighting yeah that's possible too yeah but that doesn't mean that the night that she went missing he killed her and that's what mm. you were hearing and mm. that she's now underneath the floor but, but the thing is that's very easily that's very easily um sorted because i mean even if they did lay fresh concrete because it's always suspicious in a case where there's freshly laid concrete it's, it's always suspicious but if that's the case yeah. then they just use ground penetrating radar to Done. see if that and that's it so there's there's nothing like big and you know huge that has to go on to to rubbish that theory the other mm-hmm. thing i suppose you could say is that because he is a construction worker he's got plenty of places that he could get rid of her that wouldn't seem strange i mean he he probably lugs around big heavy bags you know bags of sand yeah. bags of cement so him carrying a big heavy bag is not going to be suspicious and so yeah. i'm sure that right. there's plenty of places that he works that I've, I saw a case about this and I can't remember. There was a construction worker and he had taken the body of somebody he killed and put it underneath a job at the house of a job that he had done. So mm. it wasn't anywhere near his house, but he had actually yeah. put it under a customer's garage floor. Oh, wow. So the body was buried and they and it was a police officer that was looking into it. And it was only by yeah. chance that the police officer looked through the jobs to see what jobs this guy had on. And there was a garage mm-hmm. one and then went and checked it. And they used the ground penetrating radar and the body was underneath it. So that is another yeah. thing that I would, if I was an investigator, I'd be looking at what jobs he's been carrying out recently and where he's been working, where he na- usually gets rid of his surplus material, where he dumps his waste, where does he get his, you know, where is his, um, um, 
is materials where do they come from is there a place where there's mm-hmm. an incinerator or something the way he uses the way they used to get rid of certain stuff so i would i would look into him obviously purely because they had an altercation and he's had to deal with the fallout from a lot of her behavior so that would mm-hmm. it would yes. it would really sort of start to really annoy you after a while if this is constant mm-hmm. in your home life so i would definitely look into him he would be a person of interest to me now the other thing is with with Ethan is once again this is speculation or a rumor that the night of that she went missing the the fight actually was in regards to Andrea's behavior around Ethan. Mm. Now people have said that 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 Andrea was trying to mess around with mm. Ethan in mm. order to kind of I don't want to say get back at at Sarah, annoy her sister, but to, yeah, to annoy her sister, yeah, right? okay, because you know here's a golden child and you have the resentment yeah. towards her, yeah, and so it, it's easy at that point where when when you feel so bad about yourself in your situation, you yeah. want to bring everyone else down with you, yeah, and to annoy but your sister the, as well, you go for the one yeah. thing that you know, yeah, that means a lot to her, exactly, okay. Once again, speculation. Rumor. Of course, yeah, but it's something that you'd have to look into as an investigator because this isn't it a happy is. family mm-hmm. where this where this girl has just gone missing out of a completely happy family and everyone's getting on fine. There's a lot of conflict and yeah. upset in this family, and could it be the sister? Of course it could. That's the first people you look at, spouse, sister, family members. Yeah, and Ethan, we know for a fact Ethan and Sarah would, would be the last people that were thought, that yeah. had seen her. Yeah, that's right. Or were near her, around her. Mm. They were the two that weren't letting her into the house. So yeah, yeah you'd have to look into them. Is it? Did they now, find anything of hers at all anywhere? So has the mobile phone ever been recovered? No purse. No. no so there's just no, nothing. She just nothing. disappeared out of thin air. Ex- exactly. Just okay. gone. Okay. Just gone. That's interesting. Now, according to to Mike, Andrea's father. Mm. Ethan allegedly had wiped the data on his and Sarah's phone. So there you go. That's suspicious. The night that the night that Andrea did go missing. Yeah. So that would be suspicious. Right? Definitely. Why would you wipe the data on your phone? That's odd. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks after Andrea disappeared, Sarah and Ethan would move out of Cheryl's home and move back to Lexington, Kentucky. Huh. So they got out of the area. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it is suspicious. It's piling up more and more suspicious, isn't it? Every time. They are. The other thing that's I I find this very strange okay. is both have refused to participate in any searches for Andrea, and have refused all interviews after they had been interrogated by Louisville Metro Police. So never never once did they participate in a search for Andrea. Okay, regardless if you are mad at her or you're frustrated mm-hmm. with her or you're annoyed with her, it's still your sister and you. I, I would feel like you would want to go out and, and at least help and try to, to find out where she is. Did the other sister go? Aaron? Yes. So Aaron So, Aaron, so there you Aaron go. So Aaron participated in it. And like, even if like the mom and dad stayed at home and waited for her to come back, then surely the rest of them would go out and look. I find that a bit strange. I find, that would be my first port of call. That would be, I think, where I would start. The, with Ethan and Sarah? With Ethan and Sarah. Just purely because of, one, his business. He's a construction worker. There's a lot of places yeah. that he could potentially get rid of a body. Um, so I would uh-huh. I, that would be where I would start. I think that, yeah, I think I would start with them especially, purely because of what's been happening in the family, the fact that they were 
probably the last people to see her alive. Not that we know because we haven't actually got access to the, the police files. Although I think it would be very interesting to because they haven't spoken out at all since. Yeah. They've only spoken to police. Not that that makes them guilty, only spoken to police. I'm not sure I would speak out afterwards, but... Yeah, I think that they would be my first port of call purely because of the suspicious circumstances, the fact that there was anger and we know that there was conflict in the family, especially with them. And that would be who I would go at first. Definitely. I think you you have to. Yeah, right? definitely. Especially since they're the last people that she. Well, besides Aaron, they're the last people that had known. Yeah, we know had contact with her. Yeah. And that contact was you know there was a violent confrontation between them mm -hmm. that's right or at least at least an argument yeah i find it i find it i would find it very difficult if um they didn't look into him or i mean i, I mean mm -hmm. they might have done but you just i don't know i find that strange i just find the whole situation with them very strange i'd like to speak to them um i'd like to see you know what they say about it i'd like to see how they explain what happened with them, that kind of stuff. I think that would be a very interesting conversation. And I think that more, I think that in cases it's particularly like this, they should open up, they should open up things to, to it, particularly if it's a cold case and it's going nowhere, I think perhaps they should open it up for investigation. Yeah, yeah. And you were just telling me about, um, about, Karen Bodine's case, yeah. where something similar yeah. to that happened, right? Well, I mean, yeah. So in the we covered the cases, and if you look back, it's on one. Of, it's in the library of our cases. So I was listening to another podcast that featured this case, and they were talking to the detective in the in the in the episode, and the detective was saying that uh, they were they were contacted by this charitable organization that wanted to look into cold cases and so they would approach police officers and, and and the people that were looking after these cases and ask if they could have a look at it and that the people were made up of like doctors armchair detectives I, I hate that phrase but like amateur detectives that kind of yeah. thing to look into it because they don't look at stuff like a police officer will police officers are all trained in a certain way and that's the way that they work and so he said why hell definitely that we're stuck at the moment. If you want to look into this, look into it. So he gave them access to the police files for three days, I think. And in one of those, one of the people came forward and said, I don't know if you realize, but during the autopsy, a piece of paint, car paint, autom automotive mm. paint was found in her hair. And yeah. the police didn't realize that this governing body of automo automobile associations or something in America actually kept a a list and a database of car paint. Mm, and so yeah. they said that if you send it back to us, send it back to the, the automobile people, they will look at it and they'll be able to tell you if it's a custom job, if it's a standard paint job. If it's a standard paint mm -hmm. job, then they could tell you what make and model and year that vehicle came from. Wow. Yeah. But the police didn't know that. It's amazing. So only yeah. because this policeman offered up the case file to these amateur detectives that this this piece of information came about. So I think that it would be interesting to do that. And I think that particularly with podcasters and amateur detectives that there are around, there are mm -hmm. there are things that they might be able to lend to the case that wouldn't necessarily be within something a police officer would look at because of the way they're trained. Oh, that's really interesting. And I think, it, especially for this case, because there's accusations that mm, of course. the police department didn't do as didn't much as they do could enough. have. That's right. Because of her circumstances and mm. her possible, well, her her involvement in drugs. Yeah. So if that's so, the case, open it up. Let other people look at it. 
Exactly. Know? I'll have a look. <laughs> I know you would. You. I would. Yeah, I I'd, be, would. <laughs> I'd be very interested to see who they questioned. I'd be very interested to see the movements of the brother-in-law around the time that she went missing and after the time she went missing. It's not going to be a... It's not going to be something out of the ordinary to see him carrying around things wrapped in tarpaulin, you know, bags of sand, bags of cement. Like I said, it's not going to be, yeah. it's not going to be suspicious him having stuff like that, heavy stuff in the back of his truck. So no, you're right. could yeah. he have disposed of her body somewhere? Yes, he could. Would it have been suspicious seeing him carrying carpets or bags of stuff, heavy stuff? No, it wouldn't be suspicious. Nobody would think anything of it. So yeah, that would be my first port call. That would be where I went first. I don't particularly think that the drug part of it, although it's, you know, she's taken over her boyfriend's drug business. And so if that's the case, the drugs part of it, it could be that now she's vulnerable because she's obviously in possession of a lot of drugs. And so she's now probably got relationships with dealers. She's probably got relationships with customers, relationships with where she's got to be getting the drugs from somewhere. So there's a network of people Mm -hmm. that aren't, they're they're not above the law. So is it that somebody else has thought, right, now he's in prison, what's she going to do about it? We'll take over his Mm -hmm. patch. We'll earn the money that he's earning and we'll get her out the way. Yes, that's another thing that could have happened. But given what happened that evening, given the circumstances, I don't think that they chose that exact moment to get her, and I don't. I don't think that was the case. I think it would have been well, no, that they would no. set up I, a it, place for her to meet them one night, yeah. and that's when it would go down. I mean, not just randomly pluck her that, off the sleep, street. Sorry. Well, I, it might not have to be random. Could it be a situation where she calls the wrong person, possibly, and either that that person's it, or they they mm. go and said, "Oh my God, this is." You know, I know that. Yeah. So and so has been looking for her and Mm. and been wanting wanting her. So now we know she's alone. That's right. So I'm just gonna tip them off. Like, hey, Andrea is yeah at her mom's house. It's definitely definitely worth looking at. But my first port call would be that brother-in-law. For some reason, my gut instinct says that would be my first port call. I don't think it's someone random picking her up. I don't think I don't think that it's that at all. I I don't. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I don't I think that she, I don't think that she I don't think she'd left her mom's house by foot. I think no, that I don't either think so. either she's picked up by someone she knew, or um, yeah, someone either by someone she knew or she was removed from mm. from the area mm. by whoever, yeah, or or whoever, yes, yeah, yeah. No, I think I don't right. think. I think when she sat down at her, I, I just I just imagine her sitting down like on her mother's like steps or something, mm. calling whoever, trying to get a hold of someone. Mm. I don't see her just getting up but and did she? walking off. No, but did she? Did she even have the chance to sit down trying to call somebody? We don't even know that because we haven't got the phone records. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, it would yeah. I would I would be very interested to see this case file to see how far they looked into this. But it's a very, I mean, it's a really sad case. It's not very nice. I mean, some kids have lost their mum. However troubled she was at the time, it's still their mum. And those parents have lost their daughter. And the other sisters obviously lost her sister. So it is a really sad case. And I hope that the police have looked into it as far as they can. Because that must be horrible not oh, knowing where she is. I mean, I think you would, you would excuse, you would, you would assume that she's dead. But you don't ever know. So that's the problem. I don't think she walked away from her life. I don't think she just decided no, to she start a new the- life. She didn't have the resources to do that. No. What so, is she going to start a new life with? That's right. Exactly. 
So no, but yeah, thanks very much. Thank you for this case this week. It's really a really interesting case. I've not heard of that one before. So I'm sure lots of people probably haven't. Yeah. Um, would you like me to lighten the mood slightly? Um, yes, please. <laughs> okay. Hey, use a dummy and use a piece of shit. Thank you, Captain. Okay, so this one is quite funny. <laughs> this is, if you don't usually listen to our show, this is a segment which we do. It's just called Dumb Criminal. And it's where we just tell you some of the funny stories from the criminal underworld across the world. This one is from Kent. Now, um, it was... It, it was published that a UK driver was arrested for mm -hmm. reckless driving. And when okay. he was arrested, the officers were in stitches. Now, the fiasco began after officers attempted to pull over this Audi A7 that they had watched swerving all over the road and thought, this is a bit odd. Let's just, you know, let's just pull him over. They tried to pull him over, but he refused. So... It was like a 35-mile chase that they did. And this guy oh, just wow. refused yeah. to give, give refused to give in. And um, eventually, they got him. And it's, they, they got him in a place called Knucklehead in Minster in Kent. <laughs> and he ran, out of, he ran out of petrol. So there was nowhere for this guy to go. But he had, he, a a yeah, he had a massive amount of cannabis in his car. So straight away, obviously, oh, they found it. I mean, it was a huge bag. It's like the size of a pillow. It's a huge bag of cannabis. Oh, wow. It was massive. So the officers asked him for his documentation, to which okay. reluctantly he gave them. Now, when officers looked at this documentation, which was a driver's license, they found out that it was a driver's license from Legoland. <laughs> <laughs> so when he was 13 what? years old, he was 21 at the time he was pulled over. When he was 13 years old, he went to Legoland. Now, this is okay. this driving license is given to kids that do this theme park driving test. So they're sat in a brick-built electric car and they have to go around this little course and they've got traffic lights and a roundabout and then Lego policeman with a speed camera. And um, and at the end of it, you get this Legoland license. And so when oh they were, he was asked for his documentation, that's what he gave so he gave them his Legoland license. Let me just say, that sounds amazing. It does sound like fun. Yeah, it does sound like good fun. But that I think we're amazing. a little bit too old, unfortunately, to be allowed can to I go and get. A, I don't know. A, I don't think we can. I think we wouldn't be allowed can to I slip do that. him like a, a fiver or something. <laughs> he and probably let me do could. It? <laughs> so he and he got arrested at the scene on suspicion of dangerous driving, failing to stop, possession of a class B, B drug, and then driving with no insurance and no driving license. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's not legal. It's not no, legal. Unfortunately, license? it's not a legal license. So <laughs> back to the dumb criminal prison. He was he was um he was released on bail um until September. So yeah, he's on bail at the moment. But I thought that was very funny. Very funny. Let me just say that driving reckless in the UK <laughs> is super dangerous. Yes. Holy hell, you have some some tiny, tiny roads. We do. And particularly where he's driving, they are very small roads. Bexley is very small. They're, they're like country lanes. So, yeah, he, he was driving oh stupidly. <laughs> oh, yeah. When we, yeah, when I was there and we took some country lanes, there were like times I'm like, there's no, like there's <laughs> two cars cannot be on this, no, on this no, that's right. country road. Yeah. 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 Where I live, it's like that. Most of the, most of the things you can't get two cars down. It's all single track roads. So, yeah. I'm, I remember there was one where the road was kind of going up a little bit. So it was going up and then it goes over a bridge and back down. Mm. But the bridge is only like one car yeah, wide. wide. Yeah. And so there's 
you just go for it. I'm like, and I asked my, I was with my brother-in-law. I asked him like, well, how do you know if there's no other car? And he's like, oh, you don't, you just, you just go. You just go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's mad. But yeah, so thank you for being with us for this week's case. We'll be back again next week with another case. It'll be my case next week. Um, so if you want to find us on all our social media channels, you can do. If you want a quick answer, you're probably best to try Instagram because that's where you get us most. But for now, be nice. And bye.